Okay, before we get going, I should just let you know that you're going to hear the odd F word here and there. It's only ever used as a means of emphasis and it's part of how I speak. This series is brought to you with the support of the LSE and in this episode, by the last letter of Get Happier, R, which is for reflection. We've had a very quick, but pretty comprehensive guide through the evidence on the causes of happiness that will help you navigate your own way towards being happier. Remember, there's no one-size-fits-all approach to being happier, but there are some important lessons that we can all learn, which we've discussed in this Get Happier series. As the old joke goes, I went to the doctor the other day. I said it hurts when I do that. He said, well, don't do it. Too often, I think we treat happiness as if it's fungible, as if it's like money that can be moved around relatively easily. But while saving money for a rainy day that never comes is sad, giving up happiness now for later happiness that never comes is truly tragic. Lost happiness is lost forever. There's an abundance of information that can contribute to your happiness, but simply thinking about it won't suffice. Instead, it's necessary to actively design and pursue happiness. This 10 by 10 Get Happier series has provided various methods for doing so, including identifying sources of pleasure and purpose and overcoming some of the obstacles. Now's the right time to reflect on what has resonated with you and consider what steps you need to take to increase your happiness, as well as add a few things that are important, which we haven't yet covered. Authenticity. Opening up and sharing our thoughts and feelings with someone else can be incredibly liberating, especially when we feel confident that we won't be judged or criticized for our honesty. But many of us struggle with being honest and authentic about what we're truly feeling. This can be due to various reasons, such as societal expectations, fear of judgment, or the belief that we need to sacrifice our true selves in order to fit in or to be accepted. These internal struggles can lead us to adopt certain narratives that we believe will make us happier or more acceptable to others, even if they're not in line with our true values or desires. This can result in feelings of disconnection, a lack of fulfillment, and a sense that living a life that's not truly our own. Expressive coping methods, such as journaling, are effective and evidence-based techniques for managing mental health conditions and stress. They allow individuals to process negative thoughts, feelings, and experiences through their release. Now, chances are you've heard that social media makes people anxious, lonely, and depressed. And it can also impact social connection and sleep. The list of downsides is long. Aimlessly scrolling through Instagram for hours on end may be just as detrimental to your self-esteem as pretending to be someone you're not. Sharing an over-filtered photo of yourself on social media will most likely make you feel worse when interacting with people in real life. Comparing ourselves to other people can sometimes give us a boost, but most often only when we're comparing ourselves to those that are worse off, not better off. But these types of social comparison certainly don't inspire compassion in society. But there still remain many open questions about whether and in what ways social media improve and harm our well-being. One thing you could do is to take a break or certainly remove social media apps from your home screen. Next time you're at a concert or an event, resist the urge to reach for your phone and instead focus on the experience itself. You'll probably find that you're better able to tune into the moment and truly enjoy yourself rather than looking at life through a lens. Or maybe you're only at the gig so you can post a photo of it. You really want to question yourself about that. To refrain from being totally negative, social media can also be a great platform for meaningful interactions. But to use social media positively, you need to engage in meaningful conversations, share valuable content, support other people, cultivate a positive online presence, and tune into the way that you are using social media so that it does actually make you feel better. And of course, there are now companies and interventions that are designed specifically to improve mental health using social media platforms. 
I'm currently working with Coa Health to ensure that academic evidence makes its way into practice. The way we engage in conversations has transformed with the rise of technology. Some of us can spend hours back and forth on WhatsApp or FaceTime, but the need for human connection remains as critical as ever. There aren't many studies looking into conversations, but a recent in-depth study on the subject revealed that just a brief conversation between two strangers improved the happiness of those open to engaging. The study also found that people usually assume a conversation with a stranger will be more tedious and tiring than it turns out to be. With all the information available, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. Remember, what works for one person might not work for another. So get creative, attend to your experiences, talk to your friends and observe your own habits and see what works and what doesn't. Happiness is subjective, so any advice that you might receive from others is likely to be based on their own personal experiences. That's why I've tried to keep things open in this series, to provide methods to help you discover what brings you pleasure and purpose so that you can create an environment that maximizes your own happiness. Sometimes you might like to seek out the advice of people who have different opinions and experiences to you. Variety is the spice of life and all that, and yet we often close ourselves off to difference. Celebrate it. I'm compelled to add that we can be happier if we show more compassion to others, not just in relation to their life conditions, but also in relation to their values and beliefs. The world would be a very boring place if we all agreed about everything, and society would probably cease to develop and grow. I'm writing a new book on how we can learn to listen to people who disagree with us, how we can design environments to be more tolerant. I think I'm pretty proud that I have friends from across the political spectrum. Some of them I disagree with about a lot, but we all have one thing in common. We appreciate that we can see the world differently. The lens through which my two teenage kids look at the world differ markedly too, and that makes me very happy. The working title of my book is Taking Sides, and I really want to try and break down silos and echo chambers. But I'm struggling a little bit, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on how we can do this. The key to being happier is to understand what makes us happy and what does not. One way to do this is to keep an experience diary and seek feedback from yourself and from others. We can then design our lives to go with the grain of our human nature, making it easier to be happier. We need to pay attention to our daily experiences and seek out opposing opinions. We should also seek to resolve any uncertainties so that we can get on with adapting rather than imagining how the world might otherwise be. We all need a mix of pleasurable and purposeful experiences to be happy, but they don't have to be 50-50. Seek out experiences that have both pleasure and purpose, such as engaging in volunteering, being outdoors and having conversations. The communities around us contribute greatly to our happiness and we can contribute to their happiness too. Interventions such as building resilience and gaining a new perspective on stressful situations can improve our happiness. I hope these episodes have given you something to think about and also some pleasure and purpose whilst you've been listening. Because remember, future happiness can't compensate for current misery. Lost happiness is lost forever. Keeping all the things we've discussed in mind, there's no better time than now to crack on with finding pleasure and purpose in everyday life. So let's not waste any more time. Let's use these episodes to get happier. I hope this is only the beginning. I intend to foster a community of individuals who can make society happier using academic and applicable knowledge with minimal effort. I'm fortunate enough to be surrounded by a fantastic team who share my passion. So whether you represent a large corporation or a small community project, I'd love you to get in touch. As cliched as it might sound, we're here to share knowledge and resources that contribute to a more understanding, compassionate and happier society. I'm not just interested in the academic applications of this work, 
but in really changing people's lives, actually embedding this work in the community. I'm currently involved in the Lifetime Wellbeing Cooperative through the British Engineering in Hove. This amazing historical space means that we can do a whole host of things, including talking therapies, events, have a recording studio, do yoga, spin classes, all the things that not only improve individual well-being, but that build happier communities. My ambition in creating Get Happier goes beyond simply offering a free copy and ending it there. I intend to foster a community of individuals who can make society happier using rigorous and relevant evidence with minimal effort. Subscribe to my Substack where I share resources and insights so that we can all get happier.